Welcome to episode 83 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 83 of Iron Man Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Olsen. How you been, John? I'm sensational. <laughs> Seems like we're doing this an hour ago. It does. <laughs> Again, we're recording back-to-back shows because um, I'm actually off to Auckland this, next week. So when you're listening to this, I'll be in Auckland teaching aerobics. It's an Iron Man Talk Athon. Talkathon. Talkathon. Iron Man Talk is proudly brought to you by Trybuys.com. For all your triathlon needs. Athlinks.com. For all your social needs. And coffeesofhawaii.com. For all your coffee needs. Beautiful. So today in this week's show, because we've pretty much done our news from last week. It's going to be a big show. It's going to be a big show. We've got a bugger in the news. We're going to see if we can get three minutes out of that. We've got an age grouper of the week. We've got website of the week, Coach's Corner. And this is a biggie. We've got Gordo on the phone shortly. We've got old Gordo, he can get out a few minutes, can't he? So yeah, we're going to talk about a few different things with Gordo today. Yeah, we've got a couple of little questions and answers at the end. Well, we've got one. <laughs> so, yep. so content is key this week. But anyway, news this week. Iron Man Florida, this is a biggie. At least we've got something to talk about. Second to last Iron Man of the year. And it's a big pro field. It's a monster pro field. How many pro guys do you reckon there are there? Well, I reckon there's about 111 myself. No, they don't start at one, they start at... Start at 44, oh, okay. and it looks like they got, oh, is it 44? Yep. Start at 44, and they got... So 76, I reckon. About 60, 70. 76. 76. <laughs> 76, I'll agree with you on that one. <laughs> okay, so we've got some big names, and we haven't got that many big names, have we? Uh, we're just scanning through. Sergio Marx, uh, who I talked about last week, won Iron Man uh, Ibiza. Um, glove man? Glove man. Uh, no, he's not the glove man, he's the big man He's now. the big man now, the big Pe- man. Petra Vabrusic is there. Brodzy? Rhodes is there. So there's some good, what, what we probably term... Second tier. Second, they're really well, good second Justin tier. Justin Granger? They're not guys that can go out there and win Kona, likely. Um, Rhodes is a great athlete. He'd have to, you have to put a lot of money on him. Stephen Bayless? Stephen Bayless is, is, is rocking up. Um, I also saw Stefan Vukovic, who's um, the Olympic bronze medalist from 2000, finished top 10 in Hawaii. Paul, is it Paul Ambrose? Is he good? Uh, I'm not no, sure. Rick no. Hallard is the guy we talked about who won the Canadian and he won the yep. uh, couple of iron distance races. Quite in close the to each other, wasn't he? He won the um, the Vineman. And he also, yeah. So there's, um, yeah, there's a few good, few good guys there. Um, I said it'd be quite an interesting race. I think it would probably be quite a close race, actually. So it's a hot race, isn't it? Uh, it's not. No, it's not particularly hot. It's, oh, but Florida's humid, humid it. yeah. But it's it's end of it's basically going into winter, so often quite windy. Um, so, oh, Chris Howth is racing. Um, he's have you been to Florida? Man. No. You don't want to go to Florida? No. Well, yeah, nothing against people living in Florida. I went there, and honestly, it's like a storm every five minutes. <laughs> Literally. And it's like, like hail, like you wouldn't believe, like really? rugby balls, boom, boom, boom. And then two minutes later, it's shining. <laughs> and then five minutes later, it's a storm. Oh, it was no. unbelievable. Jonas Colton's making a comeback there. Oh, it's a biggie. Yeah. So I think this would be... He hasn't been doing many falls, has he? Uh, he hasn't been doing a lot of racing full stop. Francois Chabot is also there. So I think this is going to be a good race, actually. Greg Thompson. Um, I think it's going to be quite interesting, actually. Who are you going to pick? I am going to pick Stephen Bayless to get his first Ironman win. Oh, well, I'm going to pick Rosie because he's a Kiwi. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you put a lot of thought into that one. Uh, what about this one here? Girls Girl side of things. things. Yep. Again, they have got 32 pro women racing there. 
Our friend Bella Comerford is number uno. Well, she's number won it, what, is that she won that four times or three times? Four, five, something like that. She's... Uh, we were commenting just before the show as we were doing our prep for the show. How um, <laughs> two seconds? She's, <laughs> she's she's thirty years old. I thought she'd actually be a little bit. She doesn't look older. There's nothing reflecting of her age, but she's been around for a while, hasn't she? Yeah, she and has. she's done pretty well. It's because she came, she came into Iron Distance fairly quickly. She did a little bit of Olympic stuff, but she soon realised that she wasn't good enough swimmer basically to to make yep. it there. Um, so yeah, she's got quite a bit of Ironman experience and she knows how to win Florida. So. And she thought before we've got Nina Kraft who's obviously going to be pushing her to toes. Well, Nina Kraft is going to be leading her. Yeah. She's going to lead out of the swim and she'll be probably leading on the bike. So it's just a case of whether she blows or whether Bella's strong enough to, to ride up to her. And Bella always seems to run really well in Florida, she often runs pretty much three hours flat. Yep. So, wow. her, if she's on her normal sort of form, it's going to be uh, people are going to have, have to perform to. Get to Shoemaker? Get to Shoemaker, Carol Sharpless, who I think was second or third there last year. Um, Sarah Gross um, is, is a good performed athlete. So, again, like the guys, um, not you know, a few sort of clear, clear. Um, favourites. I'm going for no. Maya Nelson. Look at this. Student of anthropology. Nice. That is sensational. And last, a couple of weeks ago, we mentioned I mentioned Tyler Stewart, and I think she won her age group, or was the first age grouper in Hawaii last year. So she could be performing quite well as well. So it's the, basically the end, almost the end of the season for the North American athletes and for Northern Hemisphere athletes. I think the week after, we've got the 70.3 champs. Yep. Um, but this is the sort of last of the Northern Hemisphere iron races. No, it's, well, Iron Man races, then we've got uh, the other one, Silver Man, coming up after that, and also Iron Man Western Australia will be next race on the calendar. Jeez, this is wrapping up, isn't it? It is. This is the thing we've been doing this for a couple. This is nearly two years doing this, mate, and it's like now we're we're getting to that level where you know we're kind of you know the levelator is in action. Oh, well, I'm actually what I'm doing right now for those of you who are listening is that we're working on last week's show, which I'm releasing about 20 minutes from now. We're about an hour from now, and we're actually doing mate, multi-purpose. Who said men can't do two things at exactly. once? Exactly. We are living proof. <laughs> the levelator. The levelator is doing the work for me. I love it. Um, we don't really have much else other than <laughs> We wanted to d- dub, give a bit of credit to our, one of our Kiwis, yep. who in Kona won the 45 to 49 age group. Yep. Uh, Greg Frame. Legend. Legendary athlete. Uh, was a New Zealand rider, rode for the New Zealand... Commonwealth Games. Commonwealth Games. Um, and... Great all-round athlete, really. Swim time of an hour, bike time of 5.06, and then a 3.07 run. That's a really consistent race, isn't it? 9.19, one by seven minutes. He's a worker too, isn't he? He works big hours. He works for a New Zealand bike I company mean, called Marty. When he's racing, he's working. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in the run, because he did Kona, I mean, he did New Zealand this year. Yeah. And uh, when I started to blow up, he was he passed me. And... um he was smacking himself when I was thinking, maybe I need to push harder. <laughs> but that didn't work. <laughs> but he's, a great, he's, he's great. He's uh, actually the coach of Gina Ferguson, who won Ironman Wisconsin this year. He coaches a lot of athletes, works really hard in the triathlon industry. Uh, works for Avanti as well. Works for Avanti, who's a New yeah. Zealand bike company. Also, he's the coach's representative um, on the high-performance coaching panel, which is sort of our um, elite coaching group yep. in New Zealand um, so he does so much for the sport and fantastic to see him I think I'm pretty sure and I'm almost positive it's the first time he's raced in Kona and the thing is the thing is is that he's and he's a, got a family he's got like two or three kids yeah and he's a top guy eh? yeah yeah very nice yeah guy. like he's one of those guys when you walk in the room he's always got a smile on his face yeah yeah there we go. I'm just trying Very to see good. if there's any more news here but there's not no there's no news okay so that's pretty much our news for this week we're not going to do a hot topic because we're we, you guys didn't get a chance to reply, so, yeah. <laughs> so make a way for next week. So, how we go? Oh, I was trying, oh, we've got seven minutes. Happy with that. It's our news for this week. Cool.
Super of the Week. Daniel Hesek. What's his name? Kesek. Daniel Kesek from Germany. He's one of our big fans, isn't he? He always sends mm-hmm. through lots of emails. I love Daniel. He often tells me off about my pronunciation, which I find ironic because I'm a, um, I speak English as my first language. Yeah. I imagine he doesn't and he tells me off, so I, I kind of like that. Good on you, Daniel. Um, anyway, so Daniel uh, sent through Alexander, and he's even written it out for us. No Pogo Biker. No Pogo No Pogo Yeah, okay. Yeah. He'll know. <laughs> he's got, he'll know. Alexander. <laughs> No biker. No biker. Yeah. It's a good name, isn't it? It's a song in that. Yeah. It was a no pull. No pull could biker. Nice. <laughs> there we go. In 2006, he completed his first Ironman Frankfurt in 9 hours 54, 108 swim, 443 swim, uh, bike. Man, it's a hammer time bike. And 355 run. I think he paid for a little bit on the run. Yeah. He's an animal on a bike. You've got to see him. Unfortunately, he missed the Kona slot by 17 seconds. Now, that would break your heart, wouldn't it? It would. It would, because it's transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, remember Pete? Missed it by one second? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, later that year he was diagnosed with testicular cancer. Uh, he had to have surgery and chemotherapy. He recovered, but couldn't train as he usually did. He still entered Ironman Frankfurt race and did a 9.18. So he lost like 30 minutes off his time. Then he passed me on the bike. When he passed me on the bike, I thought I was going backward. But this time, he managed to run well and took the Kona spot. Remember when Kona was a huge trial fest uh, around the t- 9 hours 20 mark? Yeah. Which often is the case. Oh, actually, we should talk about that about Kona. We didn't talk about that. Okay. Um, he overtook all those big groups and said, the more you hate your enemies, the faster you go. There we go. Mm. So he qualified for Kona on the 3rd of October. Just a couple before the race, he was diagnosed with cancer again. He underwent surgery and is on his way on back to bite on the Back to real life now. Please support this guy. He deserves that spot so much as he can't go. So WTC have kind of said maybe he can go next year, maybe he can't. Right. So mm. well, let's hope they let him go. Yeah. Now, what, what is that situation? What do you reckon about that situation? <sighs> yeah, I think hardship referral away. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's obviously proven he's going to have to be there. Give away one of his bloody lottery slots. Yeah, exactly. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this guy's proven that he's up to it. Geez, be, let us know, Daniel, if he actually gets in. Because if not. We're putting down the Iron Man talk foot. No, I think it's bloody fast. That is bloody fast, isn't it? Four thirty seven ride. Yeah. There we go. That is awesome. I would like to do a four thirty seven ride. I would love to do a four thirty seven. I'd like to do sub five hours. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh so good luck. It was Daniel who was telling you about the espresso, not not somebody else. There you go, so he always tells me off. Yes, called, the angry German he's got. <laughs> it's called espresso, not espresso. Not with the ex And he also tells us, what was the other thing? A, a coffee, Americano, is an espresso with hot water in it. Sounds weird, but it tastes great. Oh, there you go. Mm. Now, just one thing on the Kona thing, just going back to Kona. Um, talking to uh, someone, and they were saying that... How the, is someone these days? <laughs> they are doing well, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> they have turned their life around. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Uh, they were saying that apparently it was pretty dry fest in the age groupers. It always is, though. Yeah. I mean, you come down from Harvey and it's just a constant line going yeah. up there. And it's pretty difficult. I think the conditions... Oh, it was Axel. He was saying he would have actually preferred to race age grouper because of the advantage of the dry fest. Yeah. 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 It's um, it's a big line. And, and I think the Kona course is hard. It's windy and it's rolling. And if that can't break up a pack, you know, you can't have five million draft busters out no. there. Um, oh, but that was the other thing. That's what Axel was saying. He was saying that... They had a draft buster on them. He was in a group oh, of maybe nice. like five or six the whole time. Really? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, and so he said it was, you know, you had to maintain the gap. There was just no, you know, they were just there the whole time. Oh, that's good. So it's really good to hear, eh? Because mm. we often criticise them, but obviously... And Axel, you know, got 40th pro, so he wasn't up the front. Yeah. So they're obviously still keeping an eye on everyone. Nice. So that's really good. Anyway, back Alexander, to Alexander. 
Good luck, good luck. Nopagopa, Nopagopa. Good luck with the recovery. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we'll hopefully see you your result in Kona and flipping out with that sort of time, you know. Yeah. Who knows? Could be on the podium. I wonder what age group he is. Mm, well, you would be, wouldn't you? If you can pull off. Well, you'd be close. Pretty, depends, pretty on close. depends on your age group. If you'd been the 45 to 49 age group, he would have taken Greg Frayne down by a minute with that time. Yeah, well, there you go. Mm. Anyway, you anyway, are our, our age, age group of the week. Website of the week. One thing I never get sick of, and I'm sure you're the same, is you guys sending us in emails telling mm. us how much you love the show. Mm. And Colin Durant sent us through saying, your podcast is truly inspirational. As I'm a retired athlete, I am really keen to do an Ironman in the next three years. Nice. So you are our website of the week. Yes. Oh, Sorry? okay, there's more. <laughs> I did my triathlon training in Zimbabwe. I was in Zimbabwe for a number of years before moving to the UK to do for economic collapse of Zimbabwe. Do you know if you're a millionaire in Zimbabwe now, it's worth $1 US. Wow. That's, that's sad, sad man. man. Imagine that. Because you work your whole life away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely sad. Anyway, Tim Don and a few others, top British triathletes, used to come to Zimbabwe and race. But that was 10 years ago. Times have changed. Anyway, um, now that I have you bored, I want to send you through Map My Try. So we've talked about Map My Run before, I think. Yep. Uh, but there's now Map My Try. Yep. So you can get on there, you can map out your swim, your bike, your run, and you can map it there, and you can record the distances, and you can do all your sort of stuff there. So it seems like they've got everything, really. They've basically, what they've got is what's really cool. They've actually got find workouts, so you can actually yep. say, okay, well, I'm going to France, so okay. let's say I'm going to France. So you're going to, Mil- oh, no, they probably won't. They probably won't have that many in France, but you can... Uh, well, why, why, don't you, why don't you put in Austin, Texas? Okay, Austin, I've been to Austin, Texas, so... Texas, should I put the TX? TX, yep. Okay, slash TX. Here we go, fine now. We're going to Austin, Texas. Whoa, why don't we do the... You could do the, the Austin Marathon, you could do the the Dam Loop, you could do the Town Lake 10K. What's the Dam Loop? <clears throat> it's, a, it's a bike ride. It's 34, it's 34 miles. miles. It's not that long. Do a couple loops. Of the damn loop. lips. And then, then what you do is you go to there and it shows you the website and it shows you a little page on the website and it shows you Google Map of that little page on the website as I'm trying yeah, to delay. It's got a little description down below of oh. what it's like. Okay, let's go down to the description down below. And it's uh, a damn loop starting in Lakeway, 620. Yep, and it's about the description. That's about it. And it's only got three scar. So, okay, oh, this is very good. There you go, it's got a nice little map. Oh, it's even got little kind of checkpoints that you can actually know you make sure you're in the right place. Exactly. It looks like a map of Australia, doesn't it? Looks like a map of anywhere. No, that's Australia, see? Oh, I see. It's <laughs> actually pretty good, isn't it? Pretty clever. Okay, so go on to Met My Try and go Austin, Texas, and go on. It's unbelievable. You Australians will love it. Yeah. The damn run, or the damn bike, or you could call it the Australian loop. Yes. <laughs> I just slipped my hands because I'm so excited. So met my try. Now these websites work when you add to them, eh? Yep. And you, you add to them, don't you? I do. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so really good, and it's a great resource for a the travelling athlete, um, and b they've obviously got races on here as well. If you want to do some races somewhere, they've also got a training log if you want to use that. I'm not sure of how good it is, and you can also map your own workout. Nice. So, very good. Map my try. It's a good way of. If you're thinking about going out for a ride and you don't quite know the distances and stuff, you just map it around there and uh, and you're sweet. And I think with Map My Try, I think I think with that one there is with some of these, there's, there's a few a few different sorts of these sites out there, and some of them don't 
link onto the road, so you've got to do lots of different points. But Meaning, I think we, what do you mean? Well, so, say you're going from point A to point B, and it's not in a straight line. You've yep. got to go along with your cursor and oh, make lots really? of decision points. Okay. Was with, with I think with Matt, my try, I'm not 100 percent sure of this. You basically, you go, basically to the next go to the point, section. and it just follows the road exactly, so you know the exact distance. Oh, that's good. So it's quite quite a bit quicker. Yeah, that's good. So it'd be painful doing it the other way, wouldn't it? Mapmytry.com. Okay, well, thank you very much to who was that? That was Colin. Colin Durant. And we'll look forward to hearing about your Ironman ventures in the future. Yeah, Colin. bring it on. So, uh, that's our website of the week. Right, next up, we've got an interview of. Uh, Gordo um, regarding John's actually left and we forgot to do the intro to this so here's Gordo coming up with an interview about lots of good stuff here we go okay so today we're very happy to have Gordo back on the show uh, a few months ago a lot of us were following him in Canada and I with my expert coaching knowledge I evaluated his race performance and said it was squarely down to his, <laughs> his haircut that he perhaps didn't perform quite as well as some of us had had expected. So, <laughs> Gordo wanted to come on the show to firstly talk about obviously his hey, haircut. Have you still got the haircut? No, actually, I, I, I'm sporting a. I don't know. It depends. You can call it a James Dean or a Ooh. Jason Priestley. Depending oh, no, no, two one zero. Old you are. Oh, so beautiful. I, I, I needed a fresh start, and <laughs> Monica and I were on vacation, and a very nice lady. In uh, northwestern Washington State, knocked all my hair off. Uh, see, yeah. Because one of the things I did notice was um, <laughs> we, we've got the the ten year anniversary. Was it ten year or hundredth this year or ten year anniversary of the multi sport magazine over here in New Zealand? And Gordo actually made the cover in two thousand <laughs> and when did you get second in Canada? Uh, that was actually third. That was 2003. I, I, I think that was 2003. I think that was my first podium. And you had a nice short haircut then. You are a military soul back in those days, mate. <laughs> yeah, I was going for it. Was, it was actually more of the Lance Armstrong, that, that kind of buzz cut thing. That used to work well for me. <laughs> so what have you been up to since Canada? Uh, well, actually, this weekend, I, I just got back from Chicago. I, I spent the weekend with a guy called Robbie Ventura. I don't know if you boys have heard of him. No. He's he's known in the states because um, he does. He's he's a guest on the uh, tour commentary. Okay, you know Tour France. Yep. Yeah. So he 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 sort of he sits with uh, Bob Roll and uh, I think the guy's name's Al Troutwig, the guy that also does the Kona broadcast for NBC. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, so he here's a little tidbit for you boys. This is Iron Man knowledge and. Uh, a lot of your listeners might not know it. Robbie's uh, Robbie's keen on learning about triathlon. Obviously, he knows a lot about road cycling. He was on the U.S. Postal Team, I think, from 2001, 2004. Wow. But he decided the best way to learn about triathlon is sign up for an Ironman. Okay, as you do. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's uh, he signed up for Ironman Canada, and I guess a couple of his he, he I know some people in Chicago and. Some of his coaches know of me, and he got in touch with me just to chat a little bit about, you know, preparing for an Ironman. And seeing as I, seeing as I had him on the telephone, I was telling him, um, seeing if he could help me a little bit with my cycling. Uh, and so what I did was I went, I went out this weekend, and we did some runs on the velodrome. And he, um, in, in partnership with a, a local physicist, 
They've put together an aero testing protocol that they use. And so you, you go to the velodrome, you do some runs, and they figure out something called your K-factor. It's all a little technical. But they took me from a K-factor that was pretty weak to a K-factor that was okay. So if I can hold that position, then it should be worth a bit. So it's an experiment. But they gave, he gave me some new ideas, so that's what I was doing this past weekend. So are you talking aero position there or just changing your position on the bike to get the most powerful position? Well, we're we're looking at we're going to we're going to look at, you know, now we got the lab here in Boulder, so I got a Velotron and I've also got a Metcart so I can actually look at the calories I burn at different wattages and different positions if I really want to get techy with it. This weekend on the Velodrome was all about finding out the position that was the fastest for me. And what I do with that is I train in it and I see how I feel in terms of power. I look at my power files and various things and I see if it's working for me from a power point of view. For most of your listeners, you definitely want to be choosing power over arrow and then comfort over all of those. Mm. So for me, the I if for anybody that reads my blog, it'll be the I, I got the picture of my new position on my blog for that that'll go up on Friday, uh, USA time, so they can kind of see my new thing. And then I put the link in if anybody wants to see all the pictures of the various positions and stuff. There was um there was a guy that we coach uh, who was with me, and then there's also a shot of Robbie's TT position as well. Although he wasn't on his TT bike, he borrowed uh, borrowed the Cervelo off somebody. Nice. So it was it was interesting. I, I think most people are better off. I, I mean, you know, the, the issue is as you go slower, average Ironman and pace for the average Ironman finisher, which is somewhere around 13 and a half hours, is much slower. And you're better off focusing more on comfort and yeah. power as opposed to really sweating the arrow. Because mm -hmm. if your back locks up, it's amazing what happens if you just sit up for a little bit uh, how? Because we did a run with me sitting up, holding the uh, you know holding the brake hoods in that, mm -hmm. and uh, it, to hold. I mean, it was it was to hold the same speed. It was 50 watts more uh, than when I'm down. So, for instance, round numbers: 24 miles an hour uh, was about 240 watts. But when I was sitting up, it was closer to 290 watts mm. uh, to go 24 miles an hour. And just for, for the metric listeners, 24.6 miles an hour is 40K an hour. Nice. Oh, wow. Very good. Easy pace. Hey, so obviously um, you can maybe we can talk a little bit about Canada. As much as I joke, it probably wasn't the haircut that, uh, that resulted in in the race you had. I mean, maybe just talk us through the race, and I know a lot of people are probably keen to hear sort of what happened out there when you were one of the race favourites. Yeah, I mean, it's a, I mean, who, who asked me? Somebody asked me. Oh, I, yeah, I bumped into... Actually, everybody's been asking me, so... <laughs> I mean, it's no big deal. It's the same story over uh, again, eh? Yeah, well, it's a pretty simple story. It's one, it's one that's played out up and down the field year to year. I mean, you know, I rode too hard. And uh, I blew up. I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, Kieran, I had a bad swim, and I was okay with that because um, I just told myself it was like having a flat tire in the swim, you know. That was that was by far my worst swim. I mean, I was swimming 52s every Tuesday morning in training because we can swim in the res here. Yeah. Um, 
and that was non-drafting, you know, so no draft. I could swim a 52 without killing myself. And I think I swam a 55 or a 56, which yeah. I, I haven't swum that. I haven't swum that slow in yeah, like we were five years. Can you put it down to anything or? Yeah, I, I, I swam too. Uh, I, I, mean, I swam too easy. I mean, I, I, I oh, didn't okay. work hard enough on swim, so okay. it really cost me. And then, um, well, and, and and then on the bike, uh, I made a decision to like kick it into high gear way too early. So the guys, the guys that I was uh, racing with, pretty much, I, I was racing alongside three guys, and you know, we, you know, none of us really had great runs. Although Andre had a pretty solid finish, he moved up quite a bit, but he still felt that he didn't have a great run. Um, but we we just overplayed it on the bike, and, I, and Kieran was pulling away the whole time. So I got to about two third point on the bike, and you know Kieran was heading towards 17 minutes up on me, and I knew I couldn't give him 20 minutes and have a chance of winning the thing. Yep. And I finished second and third and top five so many times that it was kind of losing its appeal just to, you know, go out and have a consistent race and, you know, finish fourth and, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a good time. So I said, screw it, I'm going to go hard. And I went hard. And normally in an Ironman, I can't go all that hard. So I've, I've never, you know, it hasn't been since 2000 that I've blown myself up in a race. But I managed to, it was a breakthrough in one sense, because I, I really managed to blow myself up. I mean, I blew myself to bits. Really? I was, I, my blood sugar was low. I should have myself. Monica yelled at me to get moving. I just been crying. I should, I should have suspected something was wrong when I was, like, when I was so emotional. But when you get caught in that, it's really tough. But one nice thing is, you know, having been caught in that, having been reminded of that, um, you know, you learn. You learn from that. So what's it like? I mean, it's uh, it's not too bad, you know. Like I was in total control. I was making the choices. I played my cards. No mechanicals on the bike. I blew myself to bits. I wanted to, you know, my day was just in set to extra crispy, and uh, I just decided to I just decided to stick with it. You know, I'm like, man, I got nothing to, nothing else to do. Um, you know, I never felt like quitting. But if somebody had offered me like a freebie just to like kind of disappear and nobody would ever know that I had ever been in the race, yeah, I mean that would have been I might have taken them up on that. But yeah. you know that's not an option. I mean you know you, you got to finish things off that you start. You can't just you can't just bail. And uh, so I saw it through and I, and I was actually I ran okay. I mean considering how I was feeling, I think I opened with like a 133 for the uh, first half marathon and. I tried to come back, but it, it just when I was coming back, it just didn't work for me. So I, I had a few issues, but you know, I, I got through it. And if I can do 903, blowing myself up on vapors, well, you know, maybe I can do better. But I mean, who knows? That's so really, you know what? Really, what I did was I, I went back. I, I went back, looked at the mistakes I made, uh, considered if I want to have another go at it, how I would, you know, the changes, the adjustments I would make. Uh, my uh, you know, most of my plan is working. I mean, we're talking about fine-tuning here. Um, going back to some things that I know I really respond well to. Seeking some new input, uh, just a little bit on my position. You know, it was interesting. I went to the wind tunnel a few years ago, and we couldn't make me faster in the wind tunnel. But I go to the velodrome with a different bike, you know, with the Planet X bike uh, and some different guys. And we try some new things, and we can make me 
a lot faster in aero terms. Now the question is, am I going to be able to tolerate that? Can I ride? You know, can I ride with that? Mm. And and the neat thing about talking with Robbie um, is that he's worked with some really high level people, and he's worked with, um, but he's totally new to Ironman, so he looks at the race differently than other people. And, and what I mean by that is, he goes, you know, yeah, he describes when he looks at triathletes, he says, "This is how we train." He says, we try and get as fit as we can on the swim, fit as we can on the bike, fit as we can on the run, throw it all together, rest a bit, and on race day we kind of hope it'll all be okay. It'll all come together for us. Now, that's not necessarily how I do it, but there's some truth in that in terms of how I approach, you know, how we all approach. We're trying to maximize our performance in each sport while, and then we try and put it all together. He, what he recommends is, look, why don't you sit back and figure out what your fastest way is, A to B, put your plan together for that, do your physiological testing, see where you're at. He's, he's really keen on benchmarking yourself on the bike. And then for the swim and most of the bike, just stick to your own plan. So get past the halfway point of your day with your own plan, with your, your sort of your safe, conservative, best-case execution plan. When you're there, pause, have a look around, and then decide if you're going to take a chance. But if you take a chance, don't go bananas. Just take a kind of calculated risk. And that was a neat thing. So that was something I got out of the weekend, which I which I enjoyed. The real challenge for me is, you know, it, it's I, I put a lot into the last year and a tremendous amount into the summer. I mean, I, I put everything I had into it. And, you know, mentally, when you come off a disappointing performance, it's just like, whew, I don't, you know, how many times am I going to be able to do this? I don't know mm. if I'm going to be able to do the effort, do the training. And that is, that's, you know, that's what I've been working on since the race, is, you know, just actually looking within, you know, do I have the desire to do it? Can I get the job done? Um, will my, you know, will Monica support me? Because, um, you know, it took I, 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 it took all of 2005 and all of 2006 for me to organize my life to the point where I could have a shot at training full time for the summer of 2007. And that's all I did. I mean, I, I mean it was really focused. Yeah. And that level of focus. I mean, I'm thinking maybe you know maybe I need to wait. Maybe I need to have a year where I have a little softer focus in 2008 see where I get to, turn 40, and then really give her in 2009 again, maybe. So have but, you got any tips? Know. Have you got any tips in terms of, because you're obviously not the first person who, who hasn't perhaps performed in their A race, and we, we've had a few people email in questions on perhaps how other athletes, you know, some steps they might be able to take in terms of dealing with not performing to their expectations in their A race for the season? Yeah. the the I've, I've, I've had to... I've dealt with it myself. I mean, a, a few times in my career, uh, and and normally it's just not as public. You know, when you when you uh, you know as a neo pro or you're kind of under the radar, when you blow yourself to bits, it's you know nobody really notices. Mm. Uh, same deal with my athletes. You know, you're not under the microscope. Although if you're you know let's say you're an age group uh, an age grouper, you're racing in Kona. I mean, you're in your local community, you're under the microscope when you go to Hawaii. So yeah, I talked it over with Mark. And I asked, uh, I didn't really ask him what to do, but he offered this. He said, you know, the first thing to remember is that um, before you kind of go out and try and set the record straight, you need to kind of come down. You need to emotionally and physically let yourself come down from the whole experience. 
because if you did have a truly disappointing race, then you raced well under your potential. So it's it's tempting to sort of go out and try and, you know, like for instance, I felt like, you know, as soon as the soreness went away, Monica and I were on a trip up the western U.S., and I felt like, you know, riding my bike across Oregon or doing something like that. And Monica's like, are you sure you really want to do that? And Mark said, like, look, dude, just don't be stupid. Um, and you get those types of feelings. So you have to resist the urge to do something stupid to yourself. Um, you know, I have no athletes that have had difficulties, pulled out of races and DNF'd, and then they wanted to sort of finish the race. So, you know, so, so for instance, if you pull out of a half Ironman, you know, halfway through the run, then you want to go out and race a 10K all out and kind of punish yourself in a sense for pulling yeah. out of the race. I mean, it sounds crazy, but, you know, your mind's, yeah, you're very disappointed. And, and there's, um, I, here's something Wolfgang told me too. So I'll just share what different people said. Wolf, I was talking to Wolfgang over, at, uh, this is, uh, um, uh, I'm, I'm spaced on his last name. Dietrich. Um, the guy that was, Wolfgang yeah, Dietrich. yeah, Wolfgang Dietrich. Thanks. Nice. Yeah, so, yeah, so I was talking to, yeah, well done. Thanks, <laughs> Um, I was talking to Wolfgang and he, and he just said, you know, he he just said, "Wow." Uh, he asked me what I was doing. I said, "You know, I'm I, I said I'm doing the exact same thing I planned to do if I won. You know, I'm taking a big break." And he said, "That's really good because you you probably don't need it physically because you you blew up on the marathon, so you didn't wreck yourself. But mentally, you really need it, and you're probably going to get depressed." And he we were having this conversation, you know, two weeks after I was seriously depressed. I only stayed depressed for a couple of days, but I was kind of bumming for a bit. And uh, and then I stopped training, you know, when I was when I was bumming, and that's something that I would recommend to the listeners is stay active, unstructured but active. So get out in the get out in like bright light, walk around, keep your body moving. So don't think about training, but definitely do some exercise every day. I mean, Monica told me when I was kind of in a bit of a funk that if I wanted, she was probably joking, but she said if I wanted to stay married, I needed to do a little bit of exercise every day to kind of improve my mood. Yep. And that's something I always say to, you know, it's, a, it's kind of something I say out loud is that, you know, I have to take responsibility for helping myself. I have to take responsibility for getting out of bed in the morning and doing these types of things. And it's easy when you get into a bit of a funk just to let all that slide. But if you're not going to take responsibility for yourself and for your situation, it's not going to improve. And so that those would be the, those are probably the best tips I got, you know, stay active, Except the fact that you might get a little bit depressed. Don't do something stupid. Rest like you planned. Uh, for for the mental side, probably more than the physical side. If you if you had trouble in the race, hmm. and uh, and then I guess the final thing that Mark told me is don't start back too hard or too early, because if you what he what he was saying was if you do if you want to go back to Kona, if you want to go back to uh, Canada, and you want to have that 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 race, you know that life best experience. Well, you need a plan that's going to create fitness that is going to last all the way to the end of your competitive season next year. So going out in October, November, December, hitting it, that fitness, that effort is, is probably not going to have the staying power to bring it all the way through to August or to October. Mm. And that's something when you see a guy like Tim DeBoom who had that fantastic race in Hawaii uh, Ed told me that was the fastest that Tim's ever gone in Hawaii. You boys might be able to yeah, check that. Yeah. That's his, um, you know, to, to front up uh, with a 10-meter draft zone and go the fastest you've ever gone uh, at the end of the year, 
you know, it takes a lot of patience and you really got to hold back because it's a long year. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would tell people too, because after that disappointment, they might, they might take it too hard too quickly and just be patient. And you're just, you know, Chris Gemmel, you guys ever talk short course? You know, Chris Gemmel had to wait four years for his shot to get back on the Olympic team. And I saw him the other night with Bevy and, and, a, and a few other triathletes. And I said to him, I said, I said, man, I'm really glad you got there. And, uh, you know, because I can remember how disappointed he was when he missed the team. And he, and that guy had to wait four years for his shot. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, if you, for us, you know, we'll, we'll get another shot, you know, next, you know, you, you can get another race in about, you know, five months or so. Yeah. So obviously you lead on to Kona there a little bit because you're the, the broadcasting no, I reckon that. You teach us a thing or two. <laughs> um, Obviously, the, the girls' side of things was some some big surprises there, but I mean, d- was it, well, Sam wasn't a surprise, was she? I mean, no. she's been she, she's she's been just so strong and so dominant in the in the non drafting half Ironman scene. Um, you, you had to know that you know. Uh, I mean, you know, a world championships probably probably in her future. Yeah, I mean, exactly. She, she, how old is she? Uh, she, I'm not sure. She must be about thirty odd, is she? Yeah, just, yeah. But she gives well, it I mean, to herself. You know, she, she? she could be. I mean, if she's thirty. I mean, she could be fast for another twelve years. Uh, yeah. What about um, the guy side of things? I mean, um, obviously, um, Stadler dropped out and Ferris wasn't there. But any any surprises? Obviously, Macca wasn't well, a surprise. But um, much much happening there for you, or did you any anybody jump? Well, you? I mean. Uh, Lieto hung on and Torbjorn. That was good to see. Mm. Uh, you know, I think, I, I, you know, Torbjorn's learning how to race there. I mm. mean, you know, that was, that was pretty studly. I mean, go off the front, hang on. You got, you got people, you got people coming at you. Stay calm, finish it off. I mean, that was, I, I thought that was impressive. I mean, he probably surprised himself, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's got the pedigree though, in in, in cooler races. Yeah. So he he was he, I saw him and he, he looked really good. I mean he he looked he looked way um I don't know leaner maybe's not the the right word but he kind of looks like he shrunk and I think that's what happens to some of the real big men as they get older is they lose maybe a bit of muscle mass and so in the heat that can be a bit of an advantage but clearly he's still rocking on the bike. I mean he hasn't really lost anything on the bike. Mm-hmm. So that was good to see. I mean Tim you know it was great to see Tim racing and, and racing so well. Um, what, 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 I expected, to be honest, I expected more of the guys that normally sit in the seven meter group to have trouble. You follow me? Yeah, yeah. With yeah. the ten meter rule, they also changed the way you pass too. Have you guys talked about yes, that? Yes, yeah. How did yeah, they police you can't that? roll up. What? Did they police that very well? How do they? How do they police that? You slingshot a dude. You got a penalty. That's how they they police it. Yes. I mean, it basically means I saw in Canada. I mean, that was another mistake I made. You know, I was burning matches left, right, and center. I should have just sat a hundred meters off the back of everybody at the start, and just been nice and even, uh, rather than trying to pace off them and having all these little micro surges going through me the whole time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, people talk about the high dropout rate in Hawaii, but you know it is the world champs, and those guys are going there to, you know, they're going there to try and get up on stage, or some, or a lot of them are going to try and go top five or podium, and there's going to be some carnage when that happens. I was talking about it with Greg Bennett. He says if he's trying to win a race, he's going to be first, second, or just, you know, or, or like fiftieth, yeah. because he's just going to blow so bad. Um, and we were, and so. 
you know, when people say world champs and stuff like that, you know, some of those guys, some of those guys are really going for it. Obviously, on the, uh, the girls' side of things, um, <clears throat> Chrissy Wellington was was a big surprise. But if you look through that top ten, there were quite a few athletes. Brett's well, you, you look at, you look you look through it, but then you go back and you look at you look at you, you look at the gap between Reynard and her yeah. in a hot race. I mean, you know, Reynard's a stud. Yeah. Um, you know, in Korea, and that was a hot, hot day, and she smoked most of the men. Yeah. So you know, it was the the signs were there, but you know, to to sort of do uh, two years of hard training and win world champs, I mean, it'd be be fun to be fun to do some physiological testing on her. Her <laughs> run form looked excellent. I mean, she looked great running. Yeah. I mean, really, really nice run stride and strong and powerful. I mean, she just looked fantastic when I saw her. What do you know about the Brett Sutton squad and sort of the training that they do? Because there was about three or four girls in the top ten there that are all under old Sutto's guidance. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I have no direct knowledge. I mean, I've never trained with Sutto. I met the guy in Brazil. Um, I mean, is it is it public knowledge? Uh, I mean, Monica used to work with, work yeah, with them. Yeah. So you guys know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah so there's a link through my wife. So, uh, um but you know, I, I think with Sutto, I think you guys should get him on the show. I yeah. mean, you know, the, he, 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 see if he'll talk to you. I mean, he's got he knows from a training point of view, he knows more about what it takes to do to create championship female athletes than anybody. And you know, folks can take issue with his method, and they can take issue with his background, and they can take issue with the fact that some of his athletes get injured and have short careers but you know we we need to accept that he must there must be something in that program which is right you know something in the program works because certain people perform very well on it you got to ask yourself if you're in his squad though you know is it is it worth it from a long-term point of view and am i learning the life skills that are going to make me a successful person in my 40s 50s 60s and 70s and you know maybe you guys do some exit interviews with people that have been there and left and stuff like that. I prefer I prefer for you know people that actually know it to speak to yeah. it. Yeah. I do I, you know I do in in my from a distance I hear about workouts and techniques and the ones that make sense I adopt, you know. I I I take workouts from anywhere where it kind of makes sense. Yeah. You know, I think there was an article in Triathlete magazine or something Craig Walton talked about a few of his favorite sessions on the bike. You guys remember that one? I haven't seen that one, no. Uh, it, was, it was a few years back, and uh, there were some there were some neat workouts in there. And you know, I I picked a couple of them up, tried them out myself, and I don't know if they're subtle workouts, but maybe they were. You, you know, you ever do those one minute ones where you go big gear, one minute on, one minute yeah, off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah build up to about an hour of those i think that's like a seto type workout i mean i'm not sure but um that's a great one i mean i use that with ron can i give him a little plug for my yeah. buddy ron yeah 70 70 years old okay the guy this is the guy has been on a quest to win his age group for i don't know 20 years or something yeah. i mean i gotta go into the archives to kind of check it out when he was 65, I worked with him when he was 60, when, when he was uh, 64, 65. I've been working with him since he was 64. When he was 65, he breaks the age group record, 65 to 69, finishes second because uh. the guy, because the guy puts about a minute and a half into him, and basically, and and the guy fell 
with a K to go and nearly collapsed. I mean, the two guys nearly killed each other. It was it was out of control. I mean, it's like war out there in the old in the older age groups. It's a blast sitting there watching it. Anyhow, so this is how Ron's race goes. So you know, we had the plan. You know, just relax, swim, settle in on the bike. I mean, I blew it in Canada. Ron wasn't going to blow it in Hawaii. I mean, he was he was going back to you know the standard Gordo plan. But he's kind of super tough, and he's been going great in his short course racing. So we knew he was going to be strong on the bike. So he's 20 minutes down in Javi from first place. Yeah. All right. So he's sitting there. He's thinking to himself, "I better get moving here." So he, he picks it up. But I looked at his power file, and actually, although he picked it up in effort terms, the way the Hawaii course works, even if you pick it up in effort terms, your 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 average watts on the way back are a bit lower. But he holds watts even the whole ride gets off the bike right beside first and second. So the three guys are all there. Okay, yes. they're like they're like 70 uh, the two of them are 70, one guy's 72. The guy that beat him last time is there. Okay? So they bust out a transition. The game plan for Ron was 3 miles easy, okay? He called an audible. He's like I, I you know, it's like I I'm, I'm getting the job done now. So he's coming up the first mile when you come out of Kailua town there's like this climb that goes up to an aid station I see that he's in first but I see the guy that got him last time right behind him so I yell to run you know you're right where you need to be he's going so hard he can't even talk or acknowledge or anything I mean he's just he's going all out up the hill so the plan's kind of out the window but you know he's making the move all right it's his chance to win he breaks the two guys one of which has to sit down for eight minutes in a porta potty to recover because he blows so bad. The other guy is reduced to slower than my walking pace, and Ron just trucks off. So in the first 10 miles, he puts 21 minutes into second place and 28 minutes into third place, and he ends up winning his age group by more than an hour. He pushed them away. He was trying to beat the record. He finished about six minutes outside the record. He was about he was thirteen oh five and the record's twelve fifty nine. That's unbelievable. So seventy years yeah, old. So awesome. I told him afterwards, I said I said, Ron, I hope I don't need to wait until I'm seventy to win Ironman Canada. <laughs> <laughs> that so, it was it was great though. He had like his he had his he had some of his grandkids there and the family and the whole thing. We got a great photo. I, I, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna write a little bit of an article about what I've learned from working with Ron because his athletic age is uh, very old, and it's interesting. It's a much different thing keeping an athlete fast than it is making an athlete fast. Mm. If you follow me, yeah. so as as we age, as the guys, as as all of us are going to go over forty, and we want to stay competitive, there's certain things that we can do to kind of hold on to our speed. And when you're going up against a guy like Ron that was doing Western States in his fifties and things like that, that's a famous kind of ultra run. Um, hundred miler through the Sierra Mountains in California, but when you when you when you're going up against a guy like that, if you start later, you're at a disadvantage. And I've been thinking about this. You know, you look at there was a guy. I think there was a forty year old guy that went eight thirty six or eight thirty seven this year in Kona. If you check the results, I think he was like thirteenth. Yeah. And you're thinking to yourself, you know, as, as, if you're an age grouper, you know, maybe it's going to get easy. But easier, <laughs> but you know, how fast is that dude going to be going when he's 45? Yeah. And then you see the 45 to the 49, and do you guys give Greg Frain a, yeah, a little yeah, shout out for his race? in the show. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, good, because that was seriously studly. Yeah. You know, a guy's going to come out of winter, 
and still rip that kind of race. I mean, that was that was great, and that's what's going to happen. You're going to have these you're going to have these guys, you know, Jaja and crew. Yeah. You know, the the race Hawaii is a classic, and it's gonna it's gonna draw some of the best athletes in the world as they age because they're going to want to test themselves. So we're all going to be going up against these guys in their when we're all in our forties and. And then maybe in their fifties too. So it's going to be really neat. I mean, I think I think we're going to see the times, the over forty times, the over fifty times, the over sixty times continue to just go down, down, down. So oh, well, we'll be there in thirty years' time, man, Bevan. That's right, mate. Might be have to walk, but I'll still trying. <laughs> hey, we've got a couple of just a couple of quick nutrition questions that we've had sent in. Yeah. Um, firstly, salt tablets. A lot of people use them. What's your sort of opinion on whether they should be used at hot races or not? Yeah, definitely. Take them with a, take them with plenty of fluid. I view them as an insurance policy. Take them as directed. But I think a lot of people you need to be a bit careful about in effect putting yourself on a high sodium diet. Uh, you, you follow me? Like yeah. if if as soon as you, you know, it's not a big deal if you're living in New Zealand, but if you're living in Southern California, I mean, you could be nailing salt tabs six months a year, mm. and you know, you'd probably want to talk to your doctor about the effects of throwing all that extra sodium into your diet because most of us actually get more sodium than we need, especially people that eat processed uh, foods. If you're kind of on the more, I mean, if you want to call it paleo or whatever, but if you kind of eat like I do with mainly fruits, veggies, lean protein and that, I'm not pulling down a lot of supplemental sodium, but if you're eating a lot of processed food, that stuff is loaded with salt, and you're already on a pretty high salt diet. So, what sort of hourly rate if you're racing in terms of how much sodium should you be looking for overall, uh, including including all your energy drinks and things like that? It's it is highly highly variable. <laughs> yeah, based on uh, based on athlete size, yeah. sweat rate. Whether you're coming, I'll give you an example. You remember Fergus when he came down to train with us, trying to qualify for the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, and then he didn't qualify for Com Games, so he decided to go to Kona. Yeah, that dude came out of Scotland in October, tried to race in Hawaii. I saw him on the marathon. He was wearing black clothes. I yeah. mean, it looked like he had white kind of I don't know zebra stripes on. <laughs> him. He was losing every electrolyte in his body. Why is that? Because he comes from a cold climate and he hasn't acclimatized. One of the heat adaptations that we get is as we sweat a lot like at the end of the summer the electrolyte content of our sweat is lower the body adapts uh, and there's a great chapter on this if any of your listeners want to, more information from a technical side in the lore of running and that'll give them details in terms of that they can uh, that's a book by Noakes. It's a big book. Yeah. African. <laughs> it's, it's a big book. It's a Bible it, running, isn't it? I, I think, yeah, well, it, more than just running, though, there's a lot of endurance physiology stuff in there. There's training protocols in there, and I, it's a must-have reference for any serious endurance athlete and especially any coach. I yeah. mean, it's a really good book. What, what about um, caffeine use in racing and pre-race? What, what's your view on that? Okay. Yeah, here's the deal. I think most most triathletes, double their caffeine intake on race day and i think that's a really bad idea i mean you know if it's if if like if a cup of coffee is good before a training day four cups of coffee is not a good idea before an ironman especially for a few reasons it puts stress on your uh digestive system you can get the runs if you combine it with a little bit of dehydration 
let me tell you, you're going to be having some explosive trips to the porta potty, <laughs> speaking from personal experience, and and you really you, you want to be careful with it. So it's most effective in moderate doses. So what I would do is I'd experiment with caffeine on your big day training as well as with your half Ironmans, and I just uh, I just roll it along at a kind of low to moderate dose through the race, as opposed to trying to really rock it. Uh, and, and and get yourself up. You don't need it at the start. So you don't need it at the swim. You're going to be totally amped, and, and extra caffeine is going to hold you back. Where you probably want to start adding it and bringing it in would be about when you get your special needs on the bike mm-hmm. and start bringing in. And, you know, what what would I use? I generally, I generally well, I have my normal cup of coffee in the morning, and then we're probably talking about anywhere from 0 to 200 milligrams of bike special needs. And then another zero to two hundred milligrams uh, in the first half of the marathon. And that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So some races I'll have nothing. It kind of depends. If everything's going great, then I don't need it. And if things aren't going so great, well, sometimes I don't need it too. So I, I'm actually using a bit less now than I used to. But in training, I use it quite a bit because then my GI system's a little more settled. And for my main sets, if I'm doing a long or a tough main set on the bike, uh, I'll give a little. Uh, I'm not sponsored by these guys, but I, I think Hammer Gel Espresso is one of the most wonderful products ever <laughs> because it's 50 milligrams of caffeine per shot. I got a little bottle of it. I keep in my jersey back pocket, and I'm like that. Uh, you know that guy Asterix the Gaul? He has yeah. his little magic bottle, and then yeah. he takes a hit. And, yeah, so I take my hit, and then let me tell you, 30. 30 minutes later I am rocking <laughs> and that's that's where I use the caffeine the most is basically a, a, a tough main set on a day where I might be a little bit tired and I, I gotta rock it out and um, we just wanted a few ideas on, on weight training um, if, yeah. if, if people are in a situation where they, they, they are time sparse and they haven't got a lot of time to train do you think they're yeah. better off actually training or doing weights uh, depends on who the person is uh, so, you know, let, I just went through this with Robbie, okay? So you got a, you got a guy with a cycling background who, who was a world class sprinter. We're not going to do a whole lot putting them in the gym, right? Yeah, it's going to be better off. Uh, I mean, the dude's got power out the wazoo. So he, he just needs, he needs, uh, you know, he needs more run frequency, more swim frequency, uh, and just basic endurance stuff. If he's going to do some strength stuff, it'd probably be for his shoulders. He used to be an ice hockey player. His shoulders are a little messed up. Mm-hmm. So I recommended maybe some swim cords or a little bit of acid trainer. But even that, that guy needs sports-specific work. Now, if we're talking about Ron, the super 70-year-old, yeah. absolutely, year-round strength training twice a week. The only time we go off it is for two weeks after an Ironman, and then we come back light. Because that's your that's your that's the biggest thing that can mess you up when you're especially when you're uh, over 60 is an injury or something where you lose a whole bunch of strength. So we really want to hang on to all that strength. And it's also good. I mean, it's I think it's essential for everybody as they age. Just so you know, I see my grandmother now when she's in her 80s, and she's starting to have trouble moving around, aches and pains. I think if you have a life, if you have lifelong strength training when you when you get to your 80s you're going to be able to move around a lot more and mobility is a big thing in terms of being happy uh as an older person do um do you recommend different exercises for the younger athlete versus the older 
basically? Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the sort of, well, it kind of depends. If, you know, again, so uh, a younger athlete, so men under 30, yeah, I'm normally uh, working on stuff that is uh, more um, functional or swim-specific. So it'd be more yeah. core or swim-specific because most of those guys have plenty of power in the lower body. Mm-hmm. Um, for older athletes, uh, I'm really into compound exercises, lower body. Uh, something I added this past year, single leg uh, leg press on the sled, mm-hmm. and I do that after my squats. I think that's excellent. I really like lunges as well. You can do single leg deadlift, uh, which is another very good one where you're working on a little bit of balance and some hip stability stuff mm-hmm. at the same time. Um but I think those are good for sort of everybody. So the main difference, younger versus older, would probably be my approach to lower body. Uh, young women and older women generally is a similar approach uh, in terms of unless they happen to be super strong. But most ladies will benefit from getting uh, a little bit stronger, I think, uh, overall. Mm-hmm. And. That's probably about, about it, isn't it? I think we've covered most of the things we've sort of got down here. What's your sort of plan for the rest of the, the year? Any What's happening in your life, Gordo? Well, I'm going uh, to be in Noosa, then I'm heading over to New Zealand for Epic. Yeah. And uh, Bevy, are you, you coming? He's coming. Bring it. He's podcasting every day. That's the deal. We've got a laptop this year, oh, mate, yeah, so it's easier. It. No, it's... None of this hoax stuff. And, and can we lose the whole coalition? Can we lose this whole coalition thing? That just, I just, I really don't think that worked. The coalition resulted in the podium at Epic Camp basically taking five months to recover. Uh, so I think we need, we need to put a, we need to put a governor on people. I don't want to like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to. listeners like, loved it. It was great for the show. I know, I know the listeners loved it. But what about you guys? I mean, you guys were like wrecked for months. Yeah, but I wasn't running, so I was okay. Yeah, you were already injured before things even started. Yeah, exactly. So my plans are pretty simple. I mean, I'm just going to, I'm taking, I'm, really low-key until I get the Noosa, and then I'm going to start back. You know, if I'm feeling good, I want to get to some solid swim base uh, done in the long course, because I haven't had that for a few years, so Australia and New Zealand. Is the bulkhead fixed at QE2? Bulkhead's still in. Yeah. Still in? <laughs> yeah. Still in at the stage. Um, uh, we might have to go to, what's that, Jelly Park or whatever? No, je- Jelly Park doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Oh, that's gone. <laughs> yeah, turned into, turned into condos. Oh well. <laughs> All right. Um, and then, uh, then I'm gonna actually, you know, I was talking. Uh, I, I'm gonna do a bunch of camps in the spring. So meet some new people. We got a couple of camps that we're gonna do in Tucson uh, with the the new business, okay. and uh, those will be fun. End of end of March, end of May, and sorry, end of April. And then I'm going to race wildflower. I'm going to test myself in May. So I'm going to do wildflower, and then my plan is to ride from wildflower to Vegas via Death Valley, do a point-to-point thing that I've always wanted to do. And then I want to go do a run in the Grand Canyon that I've always wanted to do. Nice. So do a race in wildflower to benchmark myself, and then a couple fun trips. And then I'm going to do a race called the Triple T in Ohio, where you do a broken Ironman. Robbie's going to come down to that. And John, fun to, John's actually putting on a John Newsom Triple T. We're doing the John's Quad T in Christchurch. Oh, the Quad T, that's in right. December. We're doing the same oh, format. I, 
Yeah. In December. You got to go for it. It's oh, awesome. Yeah. When are you doing it? December. We're doing, December? Yeah, we're doing a uh, Olympic distance oh. race in the morning on Saturday. Yeah. An Olympic distance individual time trial split in the afternoon. And then a half yeah. Ironman on Sunday. And the half Ironman ride is going to be Long Bays and then going up Cooper's Knob down Dyer's Pass. Hammer time. Oh. <laughs> down Dyer's? Yeah. Back to back to Corsia Bay, dude. I hope <laughs> right. you got some hay bales set up. <laughs> That's like, I mean, I mean, somebody could go head on racing down there. You, you, ah, oh, jeez, you could only pull that race off in New Zealand. <laughs> is, it, is it like is it one of those informal things, or are you actually doing yeah, it at the proper yeah. race? Year one is informal. Yeah, <laughs> it's got informal. This is, it's very informal. <laughs> Invite. Oh, okay. Mm. All right. Very on good. The, on the down low. Well, yeah. it sounds like you've got a full year in front of you, and we look forward to seeing you down here for Epic Camp. And, um, all right. yeah, all the best for the rest of your year. And everybody can obviously catch all the action on gordoworld.com. We, um, we were talking about Klaus's article today on um, reverse periodization, so we gave that a bit of time. So gordoworld.com for his blog. And, and uh, Gordo, mate, grow the hair back, mate. I tell you, you're looking sensational. <laughs> <laughs> that was fashion. You know, you went up in my books. <laughs> Monica loved it. Nine oh two one oh was so early nineties, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. We'll let you go after bed because we know that's uh, it's getting about that time yeah. for you. So thanks very much for your time, and we'll talk to you soon. You're a champ. Thanks, mate. Sponsors, sponsors, sponsors. It's been a long show, mate. We've been in the studio. I'm in talk studio since twelve thirty, and it's now nearly three thirty. My long run has gone out the window. <laughs> yeah, it's gone out the window. Supposed to be long running by now. <laughs> Oh well, we do it. We do it for the, the, uh, the good cause. We do. We love you guys, don't we? You so know, get get up there. Like we we're making millions. You know, <laughs> millions. What are you talking about? Billions. Billions. Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, who? Bill Gates, <laughs> taking them down. The show, as always, very brought to you by Athlinks.com. Athlinks.com. So we've just been talking in the last show. So what can we do that's a bit different today? Well, hopefully by the time this show goes up. Kona results will be up there. I think Kona results are up there. No, they're not. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure, but we'll uh, we'll soon find out. You'll also be able to go and check out Bevan's um, profile and see his placing in the races he did. Yeah, I got third. And uh, you'll be able to see the, the, the hoaxes that he beat. And the they were legends star, that I beat. Apparently the star, they were legendary. Star athletes um, that beat Bevan. But, yeah, it's a great place. Great place, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to find new brand new things to say, haven't you? <laughs> I'm tired. It's been a long show. Oh, it's three search, hours. Search, search by event. No, no, okay. Well, okay. Click on you. Click on the event. Okay, let's do this. Um, Iron Man Hawaii 2007. Yeah. Oh, what's happening here? Oh, far out, Brussels sprout. What do I do? I don't know. It's the Mac. It's the crappy Mac. No, 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 no. I'm going to go Rob Chance. Here we go. Results by. Nice. See, this is the thing. F-Links are onto it. Onto it, all right. I tell you. Especially because this is actually next week's show. Exactly. There they go. Look at this. Christy Wellington. Well, here we go. Now we can do the, the first age grouper. Was Bree Wheat. We got it right. <laughs> we got it right. Nailed it. Oh, we are legendary. Let's go for the guy. I don't think we got the guys. Uh, oh, it doesn't matter. You don't know, let's just keep, keep scrolling oh, down. It, it oh, takes forever because it's a big page. It's a big page. But we got that right. Beatrix had the fastest swim for a female. Bree, Bree Wee took it though. Bree Wee took Bree it. Bree Wee took the yeah. first age grouper. 
So there you go. So there you go. Okay, right. so the key to this website is to making sure that you get your mates on here. So if you haven't got your mates on there yet, that's your goal this week. And get your results up there. And you're we're way laughing. Okay, coffeesofhawaii.com. Gordo, we've talked talk to Gordo just briefly about um, your coffee and, yep. and obviously not increasing your coffee intake significantly on race day. So what that means is you've got to get your coffee intake on your regular days up very, very high. So then you can have that four or five cups of coffee. Well, I was thinking day. that because I don't actually drink a lot of caffeine, you mm-hmm. know, and so then come race day I need to make sure, obviously I need to drink more coffees more of Hawaii. Coffee. And it is good stuff. And they do cool things. They go over to Hawaii. They look after you guys in Hawaii. You know what? They are big on the community of triathlon, aren't they, at the end of the day? Like, they have really just... Like, they spot so many athletes, and they just get into it, and they've got boats and stuff. I want to know... Actually, what I want to know is people who have actually sent, was, was there and got coffee from the boat, can you send us an email? Yes. Because that would be good to hear the story. Yeah. Right. It's, well, I, I've, I've spoken to a few people and they've said they went out there great. It was every morning. Really? Yeah, every morning? And uh, I just think Albinate is a legend because he, he was in the race and he's out there on the boat. Yes. Didn't pay some peasant. No, exactly. <laughs> you know? He passed. We would have gone over there and done oh, it for mate, him. I said I was from New Zealand to do it. <laughs> Coffeesofhawaii.com. <laughs> and lastly, we have... All your coffee needs. Tribeyes.com. They're doing things. This well, I, I went and joined... I went and had a look again t- actually today. Today, which was actually two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, which was actually two weeks. I was looking at some more shoes that I may want to eye up. Yeah, yeah. But they spot the good athletes. They sponsor the good athletes. They've got Crowy up there. One thing you want to do is you want to make sure you go back to the website often again, bookmark it because they often put really good specials on there. Now they often put specials on our show as well, but also they just put specials on there on the front page. Or if you go to a certain area, they may have a special, and it gives you a good reason just to go back because you may have the product that you want, um, and it gives you a reason to go back and spend all your money there. Exactly. Because that's what we want you to do, basically. Everything you got. As we mentioned last week, they've got pretty much all the top brands of shoes. Most important thing is they're carrying Mizuno. Yeah, and for those people overseas, you know, you know, you sell like New Zealand where you pay a shitload for stuff. Yeah, um, it's often a cheaper option. To go well, on. We had the the example of the guy in the UK who bought a bike off there, and he said he got a great deal. Yeah, you know, so, and Australia. Yeah, Australia. So I mean, um, the, exchange, the way the exchange rate is for you overseas listeners, yes, you might have to end up paying a little bit in terms of your shipping, yeah. but I think when you factor it all in, um, it's a life changing experience. Good deal. Amazon.com. <laughs> oh, make sure you click them. Hopefully you all clicked from last week. Yes. It seems like we're just repeating the same stuff. It's going to be a long show. That's all right. Okay. Um, anything else? John's coaching website. I haven't done that one in a while, have I? No. Has co- your coaching website going? Good. CoachJohnNewson.com. Did you put Google Analytics on it? I did, actually. And how's it going? It's all right. Getting a few people each day. Nice. Yeah. I just had somebody from Iran go on there. <laughs> Back it up. And, uh, Be careful, right? Yeah, Google Analytics is amazing. Yeah, if you've got a website, go onto Google. It's a free tool, and they basically give you some code to put on your website, and they just give you all your stats of your website. It's really accurate. And uh, Where they come, the country they come from, yeah. which pages they go to, yeah. how long they spend on the site. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, and it's all free. So um, with Google, you're giving away a bit of your privacy. Yeah. <laughs> Google know way too much about us, but that's okay. Okay. Anyway, the world we know. What are you up to for the rest of the week, mate? Well, let's because we've already done that. Okay, uh, let's let's make out we're next week. Well, last weekend then I went on a triathlon camp. How'd that go? That was good. It was windy. I heard Andrew Abercam's going to go on it. Yep. And then, oh, Andrew Abercam didn't turn up to prize giving. Got one of the first spot prizes. Oh, and there's some really good spot prizes too. They <laughs> <laughs> had sensational spot prizes. Oh, no. He stayed and watched the rugby, hoping the Poms would win, and they oh. lost. And he didn't get a spot prize. Idiot. Anyway. Uh, so I'm doing, I did the tri camp last week. Hard work, hard work, coaching weekend, yep. and then this week, 
getting my carpet put down. Got my new office downstairs. Oh, renovated downstairs. Did you saw that wood? Uh, that wood you mentioned to me a while ago. No, I chucked it all away. Oh, I thought I was going to come get it. Um, I've renovated my office downstairs. Got my cable connection down there. Well, have the you made an office laid. under the house? Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! Got the carpet, getting the carpet laid. Oh, and, getting laid uh, this weekend. Yes, <laughs> getting laid. And it's going to be fantastic. I haven't carpeted the whole area. I've just left a little space on the side which I painted, and that's going to be my wind trainer area. Oh, that's a good idea. So you don't ruin the carpet. Yep. You were thinking, were you? So it's all sorted. So you've got the bike in there and everything, have you? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's mate. a nice little room. I'm, I'm sure it is. I have to come and visit. You will. I will come around. What about you? What have you got? What, what have I been doing what this weekend? I went to Auckland. That's right. I flew out to Auckland. Big weekend. My friend Magalie did the marathon. Won it. Two <laughs> thirty. <laughs> <laughs> fastest female. What's the fastest record? World record. She got the world record. Uh, Paul and you. Two ten. Two ten. Record goes about two two twenty, doesn't she? Okay, she did two fifteen. Yeah. Yep. So I was just supporting her. I've got my photo. A paper with her, my arm around her. Nice. That was pretty good. And then I've been teaching aerobics. You my... do the half up there or not? No, because I got to work. Right. I've been working. No, I did the half. I won it. <laughs> Fifty-eight. I did Fifty-eight. Oh. I was feeling pretty good, a bit fresh. And then, uh, and then, yeah, I've been practicing lots of my aerobics stuff. It's a big week for aerobics stuff because it's like the most, the most. It's kind of like the Hawaii. It's like me being me being Mecca in Hawaii. This stuff is, and so I've got pressure on. We do the class. We've got six film crew and form. Tell you, you've got to deliver, mate, and the expectation's high, but you know what? I always deliver. Yes, you're the postman. I'm the postman. You call me the postie. Mm. Here we go. So I think we kind of got that out. We're getting a bit delirious. I'm still single. <laughs> Nothing, I didn't get a shake this week. It's been three hours. We're starting, <laughs> we're starting to talk crap. Oh, yeah. Better wrap it up. We're way too tired. Iron Rust. I mean, don't. Train hard. Train flat. Kia kaha. kaha.